Welcome, everybody, to episode three of the Open Bar for Content Creators podcast. I'm your host, Marco Flores from Nerd in the Bay. Uh, we're at episode three, still go going off to a great start. I had a little bit of uh, feedback from the last episode because there was like the lighting was too like low. So, and I'm a really dark, darker person. So, I had to open the open up the window to get some lighting inside the room. So, and I have a little bit of a guest that is sleeping right there. It's a dog named Zeus. He's sleeping right now. But anyways, uh, today I have my guest. He's from the channel Vacation Impossible. His name is Ray. Ray, how are you doing today? I'm fantastic. How are you? I'm doing good. Doing good. Um, yeah, it's the last day of my, my vacation, and we were able to set this up. So uh, speaking of vacation, I like a little segue. Nice well <laughs> yeah, done. <laughs> I, I just, it just popped in my head. I'm like, okay, just go for it. So I, like I said, um, your channel is about vacations and vacationing and, and stuff like that. Um, yeah, tell us what your channel is about. Yeah, um, basically we travel all over North America and Europe and we try to show people, uh, we sort of have three goals. We want to inspire people to travel more. We want to okay. show them how they can do it more cheaply to save money. And we want to show them some of the more unusual things they might have not thought of doing or might not known about uh, before going on a trip. And so those are sort of the three different goals uh, that we're shooting for. Oh, awesome. Yeah, vacationing cheaper is is definitely in a, in a wheelhouse that we're always trying to you know make sure we get the most bang for our buck when it comes to doing vacations. Um, when when you created your channel, like what was the inspiration for doing that? Just you made it. You had a channel, and then like, what made you decide vacationing would be like the thing that you, you would be covering? Well, actually, I kind of went backwards. Uh, I've actually yeah. been filming since two thousand and one. Wow. And okay. So, that's, that's, wow. We're we're old school. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, we used to shoot with a handy cam that had like a high eight tape in it, and then I would have oh, to encode it with a capture <laughs> card. I had to capture the video separate from the audio and then sync it up because the processor wasn't strong enough to do both at the same time. Oh, our that first, must have been fun. Oh yeah, our <laughs> first trip, our first season of episodes, the resolution was like 144 pixels high <laughs> on the encode. Okay. So yeah, um, yeah. No, we basically our our origin story, uh, to put it in like superhero terms, is that. Sure. Um, I grew up in poverty, uh, and so did many of my friends. And so in order to break the cycle of poverty, we all had education. So we went to like university, got degrees, and then we started getting jobs that started to give us some decent wages. And sure. so we started having disposable income of a, of a decent amount for the first time in our lives. And many of us had not really traveled at all. And that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to see the world. And my friends okay. thought that that was sort of like a frivolous expense. They weren't used to spending money on things like that. They were like, that doesn't seem practical. And so my goal was to try and show them through film uh, how much fun it could be to try and convince them to come on the next vacation with me. That's where it really all began. Oh, yeah. I was trying to convince my friends to spend some money on a vacation. That's really all it was. Um, <laughs> yeah. And so back then, I mean, yeah, it's 2001. I did that encoding stuff. I was I was sharing it over ICQ, MSN Messenger. I was hosting videos <laughs> on GeoCities. <laughs> And yeah. like it was a game of whack-a-mole because the bandwidth on GeoCities was really limited. So I'd have to like mm -hmm. re-upload it to a different domain, like uh, like every Angel five and all or something like that. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I was encoding it in real media player, which probably no one even knows what it is anymore. <laughs> so I could get the file size down as small as possible. So um, right. yeah, and then you know, and then YouTube came along, and I was like, oh, here's a place where I can put them more easily. And so it's kind of evolved from there. But uh, yeah, that's 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 sort of where it began. In terms of our inspiration, people often ask like what YouTuber or whoever inspired you? Because we're so old school, it wasn't really a YouTuber. Uh, back in the day, there was a, um, 
a reality TV series on the web. It was one of the first web shows ever, and it was called D Life. So it was like mm -hmm. a lowercase d period and a lowercase life. Uh, mm -hmm. And it was about um, these two guys and a girl that were roommates and that they would do all this different kind of traveling. So like um, they went to like Calgary and uh, got in a bar fight and like a friend of theirs who was oh. a DJ got imprisoned in like North Korea. So they went to North Korea <laughs> to try and help him get out. And I'm watching this stuff and I, 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 it was, I was blown away. I think it was yeah. hosted on a website um, called heavy.com, which is like the beginning oh, of okay. the yeah. now. Uh, now I think they're all about wrestling and stuff, but they used to be about well-produced video content before there was a YouTube. Mm -hmm. And uh, I used to watch that stuff there, and it just it, it blew my mind. And I'm like, okay, I'm not getting into bar fights. I'm not going to North Korea, <laughs> but who's going to show them the places that I do go? Who's going to show the world the road trip to Edmonton? Yeah. <laughs> you no, know, yeah, that no one else sure. is doing. Yeah. Uh, and so, I mean, if I had to point to something as, as uh, inspiration, it was probably that. Uh, they later got bought by ABC, and so mm -hmm. uh, all the videos disappeared off heavy.com and moved over to ABC. They were there for like a year, and then they got scrubbed from the internet. You can't find them anymore. They oh, are just wow. gone. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so it's... Uh, yeah, that's that's our crazy origin story. It's a different that, one. <laughs> that's an awesome. That's an awesome origin story too. Uh, yeah. So like, when it comes mm -hmm. to your videos and and uh, like process of creation, you're not as like in terms of like throwing out videos. It's not as active as other YouTubers that that are throwing out content like every single day. You may have like a a good like big recording of videos and then you cut it to smaller pieces. Um, but your your process in terms of like throwing out content is not as active as other YouTubers, huh? It's just only when you're able to go on a vacation and then or other, or unless you're talking about something else that is either kind of related to that or something separate of that. Like what is, how how active is your like uploading in terms of like throwing out contact for your channel? Yeah, we're a mess. I own that. <laughs> it's okay. We don't, we don't have a content schedule. Um, yeah. And part of it is, it's ironically, it's not that we can't travel enough. We've gotten to the point where, uh, if I can sound immodest for a second, we've gotten so good at it, we can go, We like in 2016, for example, I went on six cruises. That That's means I, I went on a cruise every other month. Wow. So creating content was really not the problem. The challenge I've had is finding the time to sit down and edit it all. Um, and so we're often having a backlog of anywhere from three to 18 months of footage that I still haven't had the time to sit down and go through and edit. So that, if anything, the backlog is really me making the time to edit. Yeah. Um, and, uh, geez, I guess it was maybe a year and a half ago now, um, we started a podcast. And it actually kind of had a funny beginning because it's the Vacation Impossible podcast. Got to get the plug in. Uh, <laughs> and uh, it was funny because uh, it was April Fool's Day was coming up. And, uh, you know, I have a little bit of fun with that. And so I had announced that, oh, I was going to be starting a podcast as a joke mm -hmm. uh, on my Facebook page for my for my That's channel. Right. Yeah. Uh, and the response was disturbingly positive. <laughs> uh, and, and so then I, you know the rules of April Fool's Day is that once it's noon, you tell people what it was. So that, you know, and so noon comes along and I comment on the post and I say, ha you know, and I edit the post to say April Fool's and everything like that. People were pissed. <laughs> like, no, man, you, you got to throw this out now because we we're expecting it. <laughs> yeah. And so it was like, I don't know, it was like a week later or something. We were having people over at my house uh, for like a board game night. We we're going to be playing yeah. Pandemic or some other thing. Uh, and they sat me down and it was like an intervention. They were like, no, Ray, you need to do this. You have to do this. Yeah. And it was it was flattering and a little scary. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so I said, OK, you know, if I'm going to do it, how what's what's going to make it a little bit different? 
um, because everyone needs sort of their unique personality on their on their podcast. It's not it has to be more than just them. And so, for yeah. example, on yours, you're interviewing content creators, and that's sort of your focus. Obviously, we'd be talking about vacations, but there's a lot of uh, unlike content creator podcasts. There's a lot of travel podcasts. So, how are yeah. we going to be different? So, the idea I came up with is we only film on location. So it has mm -hmm. to be uh, on a cruise ship in a hotel. Uh, you know, oh, um, that's when you're doing it there. Yeah, we got to we do it on site, so it's a yeah. little bit different, um, and it's it's good and bad in the sense that like if we're on a cruise ship, we don't have access to the internet, so mm -hmm. we can't be fact checking ourselves in real time. If the conversation strays into an area and we get something drastically wrong, when I'm editing it, I need to make a choice: do I cut yeah. it out, or or how do I how do I you know what do I do with that because we don't want to give false information, right? Um, but uh, it, it's also great because we're in the middle of a trip, so we're talking about the things that just happened. The memories are fresh. The questions, fresh, the problems, yeah. um, and so and hopefully it provides different backdrops. The image quality varies. Like if there's mm -hmm. a if we're in a hotel and there's not a lot of lights in the room that we're recording in, that's kind of hard. Yeah. Um, so the image quality I think suffers, but uh, by and large it's working well. But of course that means the podcast also comes out inconsistently as well. That's okay. I mean, as long as you're you have the idea and then people are wanting it. Uh, mm -hmm. I think they'll just be waiting for for it to come out, no matter how long of the space of time that you know you put out the podcast. I do like the idea that, um, like when I was I was going through your videos uh, recently, that you also break it down. Like I, I mentioned before, that you break it down into like mini mini uh, like uh, videos in terms mm -hmm. of like the, the topic. Like I think the one I saw was like the like video games that you can bring to your to a trip or a cruise. Like it's not not so much that it has to be like heavy involved like RPG adventure games, but like yeah. something you can just like play and go sort of thing. So like I do like that you have like within your podcast that mm -hmm. you you have like mini clips of like you know just sections of your podcast also in, in, in video form that you know is like if somebody wants to know about this certain part of like the trip or some tips that you want to like share. They can just watch that and that's that you they can leave that alone and then on, on the other side is they can also like watch or listen to your podcast as a whole as well so i do like that that did you do that mm -hmm. yeah i stole the idea from pat contrary uh because i'm a big fan <laughs> of the, uh, the cu okay. podcast yeah and uh yeah i saw that like you know the the full-length audio version is available and then i take um and again i try to impose little uh, rules to make us a little bit different. Um, for example, like uh, I, I, there's a lot of television shows I really like. And one of the things that often happens on a television show is they run over budget. And they have to do something called a bottle show where they can't get guest stars. They can't go on location, but they still right. have to fill like an hour of television. I often find those shows are some of the best. And it's because they have to be creative because they're working within limited rules. And so I, mm -hmm. post, I, I impose some rules on us as well. And hopefully it sparks that necessary creativity. And so, um, yeah, the podcast is a full length and they can listen to that at any time. And then I try to find no more than nine snippets from each podcast to put on YouTube. And part That's of the great, reasoning, man. yeah, part of the reasoning for that also is that um, it's great if you're watching the YouTube stuff, but you're never going to get the full content unless yeah. you also listen to the podcast. So I'm kind of giving them a, a little hook, a little reason. A little yeah, also yeah, hopefully sure. go subscribe to the audio podcast as well. Yeah. There you go. That's cool. That's cool. That's awesome. I, I like that strategy. Um, I think I little I did a little bit of that on previous podcasts as well. Um, I'll see if I can try to fit that in. I think we, as creators, we we do that in some form or fashion. Like not so much of take the exact exact same idea as they as this person did, mm -hmm. but like we like that we like that like idea so much that we want to draw from it. And then but kind of make it our own our own interpretation of it that's, that's that's the thing i like about in terms of all content creators like i'm guilty of it you just mentioned that you were doing some of that um when it, 
I know. So like, I kind of want to like go towards uh, the thing that you also have a role in, which is also Facebook, YouTube groups. And um, like, you've been a lot more busy in terms of these groups. Cause I, I don't know, I see your name. Like, I know, I know that you're approving the post, yeah. but I just see your name a lot. Like as for me personally, as a member of like the Facebook group, I am appreciative of how active you are and you. how you're trying to like nip things in the bud and just be, Hey, these are the rules. If they, they look like they're enforcing the rules and that that's okay. And if, you know, I like how actively policing that you are in these groups, but uh, something that I mentioned in the advice in the last episode is, is about YouTube Facebook groups. And um, can you give us like a little bit of a description of what that exactly is when people that are not familiar uh, with these type of groups uh, that are actually, uh, that, are, that are content creators trying to, you know, trying to find their way into like, just growing their own channel and that, that sort of thing? Yeah, sure thing. Actually, just before I answer that, I should probably give a shout out to your previous guest, Master Moo, oh, who yeah. I'm actually wearing his t-shirt right now. Oh, there you go. Shout out <laughs> to Master Moo. There you go. <laughs> uh, I forgot to mention that at the top. Uh, I thought it would be nice to tie the two uh, podcasts together. That is awesome. Uh, he's, he's, he's a great guy, so I just want to get that plug in there for him. Uh, I, I watched that podcast. It was uh, start to finish. It was fantastic. Awesome. Um, and yeah, you did mention Facebook groups, and so I was like, oh, cool. Maybe I'll get to talk about that. So <laughs> I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, just thinking about origin stories, basically it was like November 2016, I had been doing YouTube for all this time, mm -hmm. and it was just for me and my friends and family for the most part, and I just decided, I don't know what prompted it, but I decided, you know what, I'm tired of not being a success on YouTube. I actually said it out loud, it sounded totally mm -hmm. egotistical. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, and I'm like, you know what, I'm gonna start taking this seriously, I'm gonna learn about it, I'm gonna see what's possible, maybe mm -hmm. I can make a shot of it, I don't know. Yeah. And so one of the early ideas I had was, um, okay, well, maybe there's some people on Facebook, or some Facebook groups I could, I could search out. Mm -hmm. So I went searching around and I joined a lot of groups and some of them were fantastic and some of them were not. Oh, yeah. So like, I joined, like I'm, I'm based in Vancouver, Canada. And so mm -hmm. I joined like a Canadian YouTubers group they consisted basically of two people constantly complaining that Canadian YouTubers didn't support each other. <laughs> okay. And I was like, okay, that's super negative and there's no information here. That's not for me. I left that group. Mm -hmm. I joined another group that had these Byzantine rules that were so like there was 12 rules and they limited the group to never having more than 500 members. You could mm -hmm. only post on Fridays on, oh. you know, like every day of the week, there was different sets of rules and I was constantly bumping up against them because they weren't written very clearly and I didn't fully understand. Right. I was trying my best to follow those rules and it was just a struggle, a struggle, a struggle. Mm -hmm. And so I had joined Small YouTubers Boost in December of 2016. Mm -hmm. It had just been created like a, a week earlier or something. Uh, so you're basically in the beginning of it pretty much. Yeah, it was, it was created by um, a woman named Alexis. Mm -hmm. And so I had been in the group and then it was around April of 2017 that um, she, was, she was having a backlog of member approvals and post approvals. And she was asking for somebody who wanted to volunteer to be a moderator. Mm -hmm. uh, so I volunteered and she said yes. And Alexis was great in creating the group because it only had four rules. And so I think I think that's the magic of small YouTubers boost. It, there, yeah. there are small enough number of rules that are hopefully clearly written and easy to follow um, that uh, that make the group work. And I think that was genius of her. Yeah. And so, um, but the thing was, is when I was a moderator, she was very busy with her her personal life, and so mm -hmm. she wasn't there to give me any direction about how do I how do I moderate. I didn't know. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, well, you know what? All I do know is these four rules. So all I'm going to do is enforce these four rules. If it's against one of these four rules, I'll stop it and take action. Mm -hmm. But if it's not, whether I like it or not, I'm just going to let it flow. Yeah. And so I did that for months. And eventually, um, she, her, you know, her channel, her other group that she was managing got busier. And so she decided to hand the group over to me. 
because I was the most active moderator. And so that's sort of how I came to be the administrator of that group. Um, and so then it was like, oh, okay, well, I'm in charge. And, uh, you know, I started having to get more moderators as well because the group was exploding. Um, in April of 2017, we had like 1,400 members. Yeah. Uh, and then by like June, we had 15,000. Wow. Well, so it yeah, is yeah. loaded. Yeah. Um, and so uh, I thought it was great. I thought it like maybe it was my moderating that helped. Maybe it was the four rules. Maybe it's just a wonderful community. Whatever the reason, we had something that seemed to be special. Yeah. I didn't want to screw it up when I was in, put in charge of it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> uh, and so I just kept doing the same thing because this is what brought us to this point. So I just mm -hmm. kept saying, you know, it's just about these four simple rules. And uh, it started growing to the point where I had to bring on new moderators. Mm -hmm. And uh, as wonderful as Alexis was, I didn't appreciate being given this responsibility without any direction. So yeah. I, I bring on new moderators and they say, well, what do I need to know? And so I actually fell back to something from my education. I have a political science degree and I read this article by a guy named Lon Fuller years ago. Bear with me here, it gets interesting, I swear. Okay. <laughs> um, and it's basically eight ways to make bad law. So mm -hmm. you don't tell anyone about the law. You constantly change the law. You make the law difficult to understand, things like that. So mm -hmm. basically I have every moderator go and read that tiny little one and a half page article and say, this is what we're about. We're about clear rules that applied consistently. Um, but that means sometimes we have to approve things that we hate. And it means yeah. we have to reject things that we love but might break a rule. Yeah, no, that makes sense. That makes total sense actually. Yeah, and so we're ha we have to be traffic cops. And the, the beauty of that is that hopefully people don't blame us for these decisions because we're just enforcing rules. Mm -hmm. It's not about our taste. It's not about our personality. It's not about we don't like you. It's about that. Uh, and that's hard to explain for some people because they get upset if their post didn't get approved or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, um, if, if it's personal, then like that's, another, that's a whole other issue. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, sometimes you're able to hopefully explain it and they, they turn around, they get it, and then they become more active and they get more out of the group too. And some people just flame out and swear at you and then you have to block them. And that's, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, it's tedious, but it's, it's all part of the thing. Yeah. Um, so what are the strengths of these Facebook groups? I think that um, there are two different ways you can look at Facebook groups. One is maybe I want, I want views. I want an audience. I want to build a community. I want subscribers. If that's what you're looking for, you need to find a group that's in your subject matter. If yeah. you're, you know, if you're about a particular game, then go find a, a fan page for that, a group for that game and that see if just about that game. Yeah, yeah, because that's your audience. It's people who would be interested in your content anyways. Mm -hmm. That's so that's sort of one group of Facebook groups. The other category of Facebook groups is for content creators like us. Mm -hmm. And that's not the best place to find an audience. You probably can here and there. I found some fantastic people in the group that I've subscribed to and I watch, but not very many to be fairly honest. Yeah. Um, but there's some fantastic people there and I've learned a lot from these people. And so, you know, sharing your videos, it, you can do it, it's fine. Don't expect huge view growth from that. In those kinds of interaction of just link dropping and and not even like you said, it's like writing a description and and like no 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 like no responses. Um, yeah. that's that's what I see when I when I go to the group and like yeah, I mean you know you post the link, but uh, don't expect you know interaction unless like you're in a interactive post. Yeah, well, like for example, you know, you could uh, have a hair care channel, which confuses me, but I'm not your audience. <laughs> I thought you might relate. And so some people get upset. They say, well, I've shared my link. Why am I, why am I not getting tons of views? And it's like, you don't, I, I don't think you got the full value, the best value of why you're here. You can get a bit right. of that, but the real value is learning from other people. 
mm-hmm. uh, and their experience, asking for advice. So there's so many things that uh, when I, th- there are certain like topics that do my heart good to see them happen. Like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, if somebody posts a QA, uh, I want to do a QA, but I only have 100 subscribers. So I'm not getting questions from my audience. Can you give me questions to answer? We're happy to help. We're great yeah. for that. We yeah. don't have to know your channel to do that. Or you can tell us a bit about your channel, you know, and then we can tailor the question to the channel. Sure, like, yeah. I don't watch makeup channels for obvious reasons. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> But if a makeup channel says, hey, I'm a makeup channel, I want to do a Q&A, what kind of questions? And they might give you a shout out for your channel. Mm-hmm. They might not. Don't do it for the shout out. Do it because it's a good thing to do is my advice. Yeah. Um, but I try to make it in line with my channel. So I say, mm-hmm. okay, what? how much makeup do you take on vacation? How much makeup is too much makeup to take on vacation? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't necessarily yeah. care. My audience, some of my audience might find it useful. Um, yeah. You know, friends of mine might find it useful. So those sorts of things. Um, often people will come into the group and they would have just lost their channel. And that breaks my heart um, until I find out why. <laughs> because <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They, they come in and they're just like, all I was doing was doing sub for sub and like buying subscribers and views. Why did I lose my channel? I'm like, you violated the basic terms of service for the thing, the platform. You were cheating where the rest of us are working hard. And so my sympathy is now evaporated. But here's an opportunity for me to maybe explain it. Here's yeah. why that, you know, here's why it's considered cheating. Here's why they do that. If you want to start again, if you still have those videos and want to upload them again under a new channel or something, which is not technically following the rules, but I believe in second chances, um, mm. you know, maybe we can give an opportunity to help uh, educate that person. And yeah. uh, I, I, and that feels good. And then you never know when maybe you'll collab with that person or they, they might give you a shout out. They might be a fan or maybe not. And it's just like good karma and, mm-hmm. and being, and, you know, being positive in the community. So, um, you know, those those are very useful. And then other people come in and they're like, oh, uh, I, we had one just the other day. Guy comes in and says, I lost my channel for no reason. And it's never no reason. Not with not with YouTube. Almost never. Yeah, yeah, uh, and yeah, so yeah, I'm like, yeah. send me a screen, put up a screenshot of the message that, that said you were losing your channel. And it said that he was improperly using tags because they were misleading. I said, what kind of videos do you do? He goes, oh, video game. Okay, cool. Uh, what kind of tags did you use? He goes, whatever, whatever is trending. I'm like, well, that's what happened. That's why, yeah. Yeah, you used a tag that was misleading. You lied to your audience. Don't lie to your audience and this won't happen again. <laughs> and he yeah. actually took it pretty well. And he was like, oh, oh, I didn't realize. And you know, some of these people, they're, they're young, not that the age matters, but you know, they might have they might have not read the terms of service. I mean, when I first joined, I didn't uh, yeah, because it's hard to know what's important, right? Like it's mm-hmm. it's just, it's it's the longest essay you would have ever read in your life. So which parts are important? Our group is, is helpful for identifying that, I think, is one of those yeah. things. Yeah. So um, it's it's interesting. And so I watch when those sorts of things happen. We had a guy the other day, my heart goes out to him. He says that uh, he's not getting many subscribers and views and it, you know, he's um, uh, it's giving him depression. And so, uh. Uh, and, and so I, I kind of took some time to talk to this guy and I was basically saying like, you know, if you give those numbers so much power over your life, right. then, you, then you're giving over control of your life to these, this audience that doesn't know you. And so, you know, I was saying, like, try to find other ways of enjoying it. If you do enjoy YouTube, do it for you. That's always my advice is, you know, do it, do it because you can't not, I think. Like, when we yeah, get people yeah. in the group and they say, oh, I don't know what kind of video to make today. I'm like, stop. Just stop right now, please. <laughs> <laughs> because whatever you're going to make is not for the right reason. It's not coming right. from who you are or your passion. It's like you're going through somebody else's checklist. So I'm like, take a break, do something else, play a video game, go on vacation, go for a walk, exercise, focus on your work, your school, whatever, for a little bit until you can't not. 
You can't yeah. you can't stop thinking about a video you want to film. You can't stop thinking about your YouTube channel. That's the time to create. That's when the passion is at its best. And that's one of the reasons why I don't believe in content schedules. If I have to make something every Tuesday and Thursday, yeah. and I have the flu on a Tuesday, or I just have a month where I'm busy with work or something else, the day job, um, you know, if you force it, it won't be good. And it's interesting because uh, some of the people who are sort of um, uh, experienced in content creation and advising content creators uh, are starting to say similar things. I saw a video mm -hmm. from Roberto Blake just recently where, uh, or actually I think it was like a year ago. Uh, I've only recently discovered him, so I'm like going through his back catalog. <laughs> okay. And uh, one of his videos, he says, I'm no longer having an uh, upload schedule. And he said that, you know, um, one of the reasons was because now you have to keep an eye. Because if you know that only my Friday videos are the ones you want to watch, then you're only watching my Friday videos. But if you yeah. don't know what the next video is going to be, you got to keep an eye all the time. And yeah, it's so like you have people chopping at the bit, like, okay, I want to watch the next video. What is it? Yeah. yeah. And so I think that's a nice way of, put, of putting it. And also, it's just you got to do it. I think like you can try to game the algorithm, and there's a lot of ways you can do that. You can use TubeBuddy and all these different things. Figure out your best upload time and stuff like that. That's fine. But if gaming the algorithm is driving your content. Then I don't. I can't imagine the content's going to be that great, right? Because right, it's right. it's a computer program that you don't fully understand that's pushing your decision making, and it's and, ever evolving too. Yeah, and how does that make you anything less than subservient to the computer and just a, an echo of the computer? It's like, yeah. no, you got to be original. You got to do your own thing. And so I could be wrong about this. My channel growth has been slow, but um, that's that's the approach I've been taking. Okay. Yeah. I mean. I mean that, that that entirety of like the Facebook groups is, is a great explain, explanation of what it is. So like when I found the groups, like I wish I found it earlier in my like quote unquote YouTube career because I was yeah, I was naturally growing, just letting it like by itself, just letting it grow. And until like a year, year and a half ago, when I found these groups, uh, that I grew like exponentially and i and it wasn't the fact that like i was doing stuff for stuff or anything it's just i found the people that were interested in the stuff that i was doing and I, and vice versa i found people that i was interested in what they were doing so like we were finding each other and that like i think that's for me that's what the groups is great about and then at the same time like you said is the whole suffer sub like posts and why am i not growing and you know what video should i do i'm like okay well i'm gonna bypass those those posts and just Find find po find posts that are I, that I'm interested in, in engaging with, and mm -hmm. and that's what I, I love about these groups. So like, I you know just to continue on of what the advice was from last episode is find those people. You know if you're in those groups, um, you know make sure you read the rules and just you know be able to find those people that are you know are interested in like what you're doing and what they're doing. You know that that interests interests you. Um, so like, yeah. Okay. So let's, let's move on to the advice part. Like what sort of advice in your, like your YouTube, like process and, and, and experience up to this point, like what sort of advice would you give them? Oh, there's so much I've learned. You know, it's funny. I've learned probably like 90% of what I know right now about YouTube from these groups. And sometimes yeah. it's just watching other people make mistakes. They right. say that you learn from a mistake, not from a success. I'm trying to learn from other people's mistakes, save myself the, the stumble. Exactly. Um, <laughs> I, I, you know, I'll give you one concrete thing for people who want to be uh, doing better on YouTube. It's a theory I've had. Every now and then, on in small YouTubers uh, boost, when I have a day to kill in a hotel, I'll do a live stream of channel reviews. And mm -hmm. one of the things that I'm I'm constantly telling people is what I call keyword alignment. So here's a very practical thing you can do to make your channel better. You want to have the same keywords in your title, in your description, in your meta tags, and spoken out loud in the video. 
And that's when the magic starts to happen in terms of suggested and doing well in search. And so whether or not you caption your videos and do caption your videos, it's tedious, but it helps. Um, YouTube knows the words you're speaking fairly well. Sometimes the auto captioning can be really funny and it's like, okay, I didn't (laughs) say that word. Oh my God. Uh, And so there's that, but it knows what you're saying. So if you are talking constantly about video games and you tag it about, you know, Mexico, they're going to know that there's a disconnect and that's Mm going to hurt you in the algorithm. But if I'm talking about Cozumel and I put the Mm -hmm. word Cozumel in the title, in the description and in the meta tags, And then also if the the comment conversation uses that word as well, YouTube wants to know what your video is about. And so it's looking for all the signs that it possibly can to figure out what you're about. Are you misrepresenting yourself? Are you about this? Are you about that? And how Mm -hmm. can we serve the best videos to the audience? People say, oh, YouTube isn't supporting me and all this kind of stuff. YouTube wants everyone to be successful because that makes them more successful. Exactly. Yeah. I, it's not a person. There's no person behind there twirling a mustache saying, oh, Bob's not going to be this today. I don't like Bob. It doesn't work that way. It's all algorithms. And so you got to work with it instead of fighting it in that regard. And so I call it keyword alignment. Make sure that the same word, at least at least one word, every video that is said out loud appears in your title, description, and tags. Um, then, you, then YouTube will know this video has a high probability of being about that word. And that I think is is how you make the magic happen. If you want something super practical, as a tip for a YouTuber. That is a that is a great piece of advice. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, other than like what I just mentioned before about the YouTube groups, um, yeah, I don't have anything else to top that or just even on that same level. That is that is great great advice. Thank you. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna take that into like into consideration for my stuff as well since I cover different things. Um, actually, one one last thing um, when it comes to your channel. Um, I know, like, I know your your focus is on, like, vacationing, but I do see different types of videos. Are you in the belief, and are you in the belief of like keeping to the same like exact thing that for your channel, like niche wise, or just like kind of very variation of videos in terms of like you know it it, it could relate to to your niche or your focus, but like be something different that rather than the usual same like vac- vacation type video. Yeah, it's tricky. It's hard to know. Uh, And it also depends on your platform. We're on a variety of social media platforms. Mm -hmm. And so um, an example of a non, well, at best tangentially related to vacation video we do is we support the Mario Marathon. Yeah. So this is uh, in Indianapolis, Indiana. It's a bunch of guys in their 30s. For the last two years, I've been invited to actually go out and participate. They play Mario games for a weekend and raise money for Child's Play Charity. Mm -hmm. And so uh, the first year I went out there, which was last year, we raised 75,000. This year was just a weekend, so I think we did 30-odd thousand. Um, And so that's for children in hospital, and I feel very passionately about supporting that charity. And so I would like to think that my audience would understand, you know, if there's the odd video about that, it's for a good cause we're passionate about. And yet I do travel to go be on the show, so maybe I can kind of justify it that way. (laughs) Um, But different, uh, and so the first time I was invited was last year. I'd been supporting it for eight years, and they finally said, hey, come be on the show. It's like, yes. And it was an amazing experience. But one of the things I thought is, okay, got to be practical. Let's see what my appearance on the show does for my channel. Mm -hmm. So before I went for this, you could call it a collab, I guess. um, I basically took a snapshot of all my social media. How many followers on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, et cetera, et cetera. And then when I came back, I tried to measure if there was an increase based on the exposure. And -hmm. I was sharing things on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter about the event as well. And this is what I learned. I got 
a little bit of growth on all social media platforms from that exposure, just because more people knew who I was. Yeah. And maybe there was a cross section of people who support that charity and then the people who go on vacations and wanna watch my videos. That right. was minimal. We're talking two to 4% growth. That's okay, I'll take it. Especially because I was doing what I, what I love to support a charity I care about. Right. But Instagram was the exception. Mm -hmm. My Instagram following fell apart. So oh. I, I think my theory is, is that on most social media platforms, people are willing to accept the odd step outside of your, your niche, but Instagram mm -hmm. is not. If you go off brand on Instagram, you will be punished. Now that's just my oh, experience. I could okay. be wrong, but I, I think that's the one exception. So if you mm -hmm. want to do the odd, you know, video or whatever. Um, one thing that's really important for content creators on YouTube is the subscriber tab in your analytics. And you can see when people unsubscribe now, it actually, it was an update they did a few months ago. You can see what video they were on when they clicked unsubscribe, if they were on a video oh, they unsubscribe. Hugely useful information. Um, yeah. So like there are some, we're an ensemble show. I've got a lot of people on my sort of part of the cast. And so they all mm -hmm. film things independently and it, and that gives us some different perspectives, which is fantastic. But yeah. like there was a video that one of our younger members filmed. Uh, and so I think he was nine or 10 at the time and he was just filming some water slides on a cruise ship, mm -hmm. but he's not very experienced with the camera and not, not no public speaking experience. Not great. You know, that sort of thing. And he was thinking about the YouTubers that he wanted to, that he watches that he wanted to be like a yeah. Dan TDM or something like that. And so the way that he presented himself didn't seem to land with our audience. And so that one video has only cost us subscribers. We have never gained. And so that taught me that, okay, maybe when, you know, he wants to do an episode, I'll need to come along to kind of help with yeah, the camera stuff. Down. Yeah, and keep it a little bit, you know, more on brand. Okay. And then there are the controversial videos uh, where I got kicked off some rides at a Six Flags. I um, had an issue with a spa on a cruise ship. Um, okay. There was an issue, uh, so One a member in our group is a shareholder for a company and the company didn't treat them well as a shareholder. Mm. And so these, these things where we're exposing things that didn't go quite right, um, that we tend to lose subscribers on, mm. but we also gain more than we lose. Right. So if I'm gaining six and losing three in a month on one of those sorts of videos, um, you know, that tells me something. I'm not sure exactly what it's saying, but mm. that's that. But then you also have a video that's purely informational. We have a video that's done very well, how to dress for Alaska. Mm -hmm. It's gotten 40,000 odd views. It's gotten us tons of subscribers, lots of likes. That sort of thing is all gravy. So um, that kind of stuff can really give people information is look at that subscriber thing to see, you know, uh, and so if you want to experiment a little, you know, let's say that you're a let's player and you're constantly mm -hmm. just playing a game and you, you're like, you know what? I want to review the new Spider-Man game that just came out. And I want to do yeah. a funny scripted review like Pat Contry or something. Mm -hmm. And you try it and then you upload it. You let it sit there for a while and do its thing. And after about four weeks, you've got some data. Go in and look at the subscriber tab, for example. Mm -hmm. Is it costing you? Is it gaining? Is there a mix, but a net gain? Mm -hmm. And I think that's how you can do a toe in the water test. Like, um, We've done the odd movie review uh, mm -hmm. because uh, one of the members of our group was part of the sci-fi movie podcast. And so I'm like, oh, hey, he's here. Let's ask him about this new sci-fi movie, yeah. Rogue One or whatever. Um, and so I looked at the analytics because that's stepping outside of our vacation boundary. Mm -hmm. And um, very few people watched. The, the retention was pretty poor. Nobody subscribed, but nobody unsubscribed. Mm -hmm. Nobody liked, nobody disliked. It was like that fell flat. Mm -hmm. So it's like, yeah. we're probably not going to do any more movie reviews. I will happily guest on somebody else's channel, but I don't think it's appropriate for my channel. And yeah. So the analytics have taught me that. So um, people think that there's a rule like, you know, oh, you have to stay in your lane or only do this or that. Beware of those sorts of rules. 
feel free to experiment, but just do one. Give it some time, yeah. look at the data, and see how your audience responds. They might love it. That could be your new direction. You got to be willing to evolve. Yeah. Um, because our podcast clips, I didn't want to initially start a podcast. And now uh, that Alaska video was a podcast clip, and it's done exceptionally well. And that's one mm -hmm. of the things we wanted to provide information, but we're having so much fun, we forget to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, I went. I went to Rome years ago, and I, with, through my research and stuff, I know a way that you can bypass almost all the lineups in Rome. And it saves mm -hmm. tons of time and tons of money. And we filmed us doing it, and we never explained how. <laughs> so, and, and people were watching okay. it. And I'm like, why aren't people watching it? And so, but now the podcast is great because that gives us that opportunity to sit down and reflect and say, yeah. here's the things that you might want to know about. And we can talk about it intelligently, give people tips. So um, I would say don't be afraid to experiment, but do it gradually. Don't go mm -hmm. whole hog. Uh, and, yeah. then, and then see how your audience responds. And you can do it without having them comment, because that can be very hard, especially for smaller YouTubers. I ask them all the time, what do you think of this? What, should we do that? I get crickets in the comment section. Mm -hmm. um, but your analytics, that can really help yeah. uh, quite a bit. Yeah, that I, I kind of I can kind of backpack behind uh, what you were just mentioning in terms of the analytics. Like analytics can be a huge undertaking if you just don't see what you're looking at. Uh, so you do have to take your time just to look at every single aspect of the analytics. Like you know, what does real time look like in terms of this video or like subscriber count? The the, the new thing that you talking about of when like the actual like person unsubscribed on which particular video that's awesome to know mm -hmm. about that sort of thing so like take some time i would say like i guess that would be my piece of advice uh just stemming from what ray was just saying like take a take some 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 time to look at your analytics and study it and just like understand it on your own because like nobody i mean unless people are unless you're asking people and then you're correlating what what they're describing to what you're seeing um you have to look at it yourself and just 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 get into like a deep dive and just okay so that's what that means that's what that means like i i would say just take a deep dive into your analytics and just try to understand as much of it as as best as possible so you can understand how your channel is like you know reacting or evolving or like just anything that's revolving around your channel you know growing or not it's all going to be in your analytics so like that that's a great piece of advice that came from ray and uh hey i'm going to backpack from that so Ray, if, if I could just take one little thing onto that, one thing I'd say, especially for newer content creators, is don't be intimidated by your analytics. Mm -hmm. YouTube's been around for like 12 years or longer, and so they've built tons of tools for different people, and so when you look at it, it can be really intimidating. Yeah, You might want to try to go bite-sized. Just look at you know uh, a bit and try to understand that and then look at the next bit don't mm -hmm. feel like you have to suddenly get it all and if you run into something that confuses you that's when it, a facebook group can be super useful come on down exactly. to small youtubers boost yeah. and you know post a screenshot or something don't show don't show your um your income because that's against the adsense rules but mm -hmm. anything else in your analytics you can screenshot and put in the group and ask for some feedback and we might be able to help explain it or we might just say like you know what yeah, audiences are sometimes confusing, and that doesn't make sense to us either. And so your confusion is justified. Uh, yeah. don't, don't don't be intimidated by the analytics. Take it bite size if that's what works better for you. That's actually even better advice. Take it bite size rather than like just look at it like the last your lifetime like analytics rather than just take a look at the last like sixty minutes. Take a look at the last forty eight hours, that sort of thing, and just grow mm -hmm. from there. But okay, awesome. Yeah, Ray, where can people find you? What is your channel? Again, what is your channel name? Where can people find you? And what are all sorts of social, me social media are you uh, found at? 
Yeah, so we're Vacation Impossible. Uh, you can find us on YouTube, youtube.com forward slash Vacation Impossible. Uh, we're on all sorts of social media. We're on Instagram as Vacation Impossible. We've got a Facebook page you can like, facebook.com slash Vacation Impossible. We've got a Tumblr, vacationimpossible.tumblr.com. We're on Flickr. Mm -hmm. We're everywhere. <laughs> Um, yeah, we're on places where I'm starting to wonder why we're on these places. <laughs> uh, you know, some we're having some growth. Uh, Pinterest is growing for us, surprisingly. I don't fully oh, understand it yet. I have a Snapchat. I don't know how to use it. Um, so we're we're Vacation Impossible pretty much everywhere except Twitter because Twitter has a character limit on the handle. So mm. we're Vacay Impossible on Twitter, and we okay. also have the Vacation Impossible podcast, which you can find on your platform of choice for podcasts. So uh, Stitcher, iTunes, we're on Spotify, uh, Podbean, you name it, we're probably there. Um, I think the only exception is iHeartRadio because you have to pay to get onto their index and I don't want to do that. That's pay to play seems wrong. Yeah. Um, but we're on everywhere but that. So if you've got an app uh, or whatever for podcasts, feel free to check us out. And um, yeah, we're, we're even on some new stuff that like there's a new uh, social media platform that's beginning called Vero, it's spelled V-E-R-O. Right, and it's right. it's supposed to be a pay to get on board, but they had a, so they had a, a promotion where um, where they're trying to build their user base. They said, mm -hmm. oh, you can join for free for life. And so I said, sure, I'll just camp on the username. Um, but I went and I looked and it's like musicians and companies and stuff are are there. And they're mm -hmm. investing time in that platform. And I don't know what it means, but if you have the opportunity to join for free or you can afford to join, um, a lot of celebrities and companies seem to think that there's something there. And so that's that's one that I'm kind of keeping an eye on as maybe the next thing. I don't know. It's just a theory. Okay. Okay. So they're trying to find like their identity in a sense? Yeah, I'm not really sure. Or they're... Um, yeah, I don't quite grasp it yet. I've shared a couple things. Nobody's following me on Vero, so feel free to be the first. <laughs> um, but I just I saw that companies were and celebrities like Ariana Grande and other people were investing a lot of time in um, in building their their following there. And so uh, you know you see that the, the people who look at the bottom line are investing in something and kind of like they they must see something there. I don't know what it is yet, but mm -hmm. I'm gonna. I'm gonna make sure nobody takes my username. <laughs> yeah, I did the same thing. So, but like, it's just it's just sitting there now. But yeah, I need to take a look back at what Vera was doing, at least nowadays, because it's been a good while. But uh, Ray, dude, thank you for, very much for just being on this show and just explaining the ins and outs of your channel and telling us your story and the groups and stuff that you've been doing. Uh, a lot of great advice in that in that in this episode. Uh, thank you for being on this show. I would love to have you back again for another like episode. Some. Uh, whenever in the near future. Um, yeah, thank you, dude. Absolutely. Uh, this was a lot of fun. Thanks for having me. And uh, I wish you all the success on this new podcast. Uh, you seem to have a good, strong start. So keep it up. Uh, yeah, appreciate it. Appreciate it. So guys, yeah, if you where to find me is Nerd in the Bay everywhere. Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram. I, I try to, like you, you, you're everywhere. I'm, I'm trying to think, where, where am I still? Uh, <laughs> so yeah, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, uh, Twitter. There goes the dog turning over um yeah so i'm everywhere basically uh just type in nerd in the bay and then that's where you'll find me uh guys thank you very much for watching or listening to the show whatever however you're doing this uh tune in for episode four we don't don't know when that's going to be going to look for the next guest but ray is, is a great guest to be on any sort of podcast uh i would as i'm here uh doing this show so uh thank you guys very much for watching and listening we'll see you guys next time for the next episode and uh, take care. Have a great weekend. I'll see you guys next time. Peace, guys. Bye.